0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken, with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. So this morning we're we're going to look at this passage from the viewpoint of angels burning in God's presence. and chapter 6 of Isaiah here, starts the call and the commission of the prophet Isaiah. The king is dead after many years of reign. He reigned over his people. And overall, he was considered to be a decent king. He was considered to be a good king, especially compared to all of the other kings. And during his time, he was... uh, His kingdom was relatively blessed, according to God's promise, uh, economically for sure, socially, and uh, spiritually as well. They were blessed during his reign. But now, at the start of our chapter, chapter 6, the king is dead. And Isaiah is sad. He is upset. He's afraid. He's concerned about the future of Israel because he knows their history. He knows what they have gone through and he knows what will happen if the next king is not a good king. He knows they'll be taken captive again. He knows they'll turn away from God. He knows their prosperity and their blessings from God will cease. So, Isaiah is upset. He's distraught. He's afraid. He's sad. So, what does he do? Well, he does what we all should do when we're distressed, when we're upset, when we're afraid, or we're concerned about something. He goes to be with God. In this case, he goes to the temple. And here was that earthly temple. He went to a you know, physical earthly temple there. To seek God and find comfort in God. And that's what we should do too when we're distraught. We don't have to go to a, a particular place, a particular building. We know God is all around us and is with us all the time. But Isaiah goes to this temple and he's given this heavenly vision. Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on his throne. The temple shook, and it was filled with smoke. And he sees these beings hovering above the Lord, and they call out to each other, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. What a sight that must have been to see and to experience. Most of us today, no doubt, would pull out our cell phones or our digital cameras and start snapping pictures and sending them all to our friends. That's not what Isaiah did. He was overwhelmed with the presence of God. He saw and realized His holiness. And as he saw God's holiness, he looked around and realized, How unworthy he was. And not just him, but the world that he lived in as well. He realized he fell far short of perfection. He saw God's glory. He saw God's majesty. He saw his holiness. And Isaiah cries out, Woe is me, for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. He realized that the only thing he was worthy of was God's wrath and God's judgment. And not just him, but all those around him as well. Seeing God's holiness exposed the corruption of society. And the same holds true today as well the closer and the closer that we get to God, the more we realize that we're unworthy of His blessings. And not just that, but also the things that we see in this world. The closer and closer we get to God, the more the things of this world sadden us and disgust us and make us sick. Because we know that our society too is worthy of nothing but God's judgment and wrath. But yet God continues to bless us and pour out His love upon us. After Isaiah saw these things, said these things, an angel, a seraphim, flew over to him and touched his lips with a burning coal. Isaiah was purified because he realized his unworthiness. And God cleansed him. Isaiah repented of his sins. And that really demonstrates the fact that, I, that repentance is truly painful. Like burning coal touching your lips. But it's satisfyingly joyful as well. What an experience this must have been for Isaiah. And there's so many things that we could investigate here. But as I said this morning, I want to focus on those angelic beings, the seraphs or the seraphims. They're around the throne of God. We don't know much about them except what we can gather from this passage this morning. But we know what the word means. The word seraph means to burn. So these seraphims are the burning ones. They're the angels that are physically closest to God. And they fly around him, and they praise him, and they glorify him. They burn with God's holiness. And we need to remember that angels are personal beings. They have an intellect, they have an intelligence. They're not just mindless robots doing what God tells them to do, but rather they have a will of their own, they have a deep desire and ability to see and to respond to God's glory. Of course, their will is in perfect tune with God. And they are obedient to what God commands them. And as we see this morning in our our text, our scripture, angels have the ability to speak. They're praising God, but yet they're also talking to Isaiah. They are truly a unique part of God's creation. They were created to relate to God, but also relate to people as well. And they assist God in carrying out his will, even today. And they do that partially by helping us, helping people carry out God's will. As I said, these are the angels, these seraphims are the ones that are closest to God. They're flying around Him, around His throne, praising Him continuously. They simply worship God. That's what they're there for, to worship God. So when we come here each week and we worship together, you know, half a dozen to a dozen of us maybe, we're not alone in worshiping God. The seraphs, are also worshiping God with us as well. And I think we forget that today. We hear so many things about angels maybe, especially some years ago with the the New Age movement and that kind of stuff. And that's definitely the wrong path to take. The only path that we should follow with regard to angels is the biblical path. And we need to pass that truth on to other people, other believers, other children. Angels are indeed real. And I can say that not because I've ever definitely seen an angel and said, oh, look, that's an angel. But because they're in the Bible. And I believe the Bible to be true and accurate as God wrote it. So there are angels. And and God uses them throughout the Bible. We sing hymns about angels that reference to them. Angels we have heard on high. And there's many others. Of course, as I said, whenever we're discussing angels or talking about angels or thinking about angels, we need to make sure that we are grounded in Scripture, and we have our Scripture correct. We're never to worship angels for sure, but we should remember that they too worship God and they serve God as we worship God and serve God. I've even heard of Christians that uh, they say, "Oh, I don't believe in angels." I think, boy, if you take angels out of the out of the Bible, that, that's pretty scary. Because especially to the ministry of Christ, they announced his birth. And they and as the, the one of the hymns we sing, he could have called ten thousand angels, but he bled and died. So you take angels out of the Bible, that's scary. So I always wonder whenever someone says, Oh, I don't believe in angels. I think, well, what other parts of Scripture don't you believe in then? Because they're in there. And God uses them. They're a part of His creation. They're described throughout His Word. And they're still used today. They're real and they are serving God. And they'll be back too. He comes back with His angels with Him. But we look at Isaiah's experience here of not just seeing the the holiness of God, but the, the worship experience with the seraphim. How he must have felt in the temple that day. He went there, as I've said many times before, he went there as low as he could go. He was crushed. He was sad. He was worried. He was concerned. But God gave him this vision. And he was lifted up and probably had the best worship experience of his life that day. Think about your own life. And think about your own worship experiences. And I talk to, periodically, I, as I talk to different people, and you, they, especially the, the uh, older people that have been around for a while, and they talk about maybe the early days of their life, Maybe in their teens or in their 20s or 30s. And how they would say they would look at Sundays, they would go to church, and the churches would be filled. And it wouldn't just be a quick, you know, okay, let's get in and out. Let's see if we can get this under an hour this week. But it would be an event. It would be a time of of a family worshiping together, a family of God. And what wonderful worship experience that used to be. And think, think back to, to those days maybe, or, or even if sometimes it's nice, one of the things that uh, the Strongstown Church w- would do there for a while is there's, there's five churches uh, with one pastor and one assistant. And uh, they used to get together one Sunday a month and just have one big worship service. And so whatever church it was at, That church was filled. And the music was wonderful and you got to talk to people you don't see very often. And it was wonderful. And it's unfortunate that our churches are not full. Not just this church. But you can go to church after church and they're not full anymore. But think back to some of those worship experiences that, that you had. And think back to how wonderful they were, how they made you feel, in particular being closer to God. And think what it was. And think if there's things that are preventing you from regaining that same feeling again. Because I'm sure Isaiah, this was probably his best worship experience of his life. And I'm sure after this event, his personal worship of God change for the rest of His life as well. And that's what we need to do. Think about those times during worship or maybe just those times during our life when we felt closest to God and remember that feeling and try to get back to that closeness once again. As we worship God, we do indeed become closer to Him. And that is our ultimate goal. Just like these angels that are burning in God's presence, the seraphim, they worship God continually. And we should do the same. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for our time and your word this morning. Help us to learn the mysteries of your word and to help us to realize the presence of angels with us. Fill us with your Spirit so that we, too, may be close to you, praising you each and every day of our lives and worshiping you just like the seraphim. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.